Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and today we have a special show for you. I would like to start out this show by saying that uh, today's topic is a little bit of a sensitive topic, and uh, maybe partially illegal. And uh, we want to say from all of us at CAPS that we do not condone the use of any illicit drugs of any kind, um, but for the purposes of scientific research and um, the topics that we're going to be discussing today, we feel that it is important to keep an open mind and uh, explore any avenues safely and responsibly that we can. So with that being said, I have a special guest on our show today. And uh, he has had some experiences with um, mind-expanding and altering substances, we'll say. And uh, we're going to have a little discussion about that. So, with no further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest today, Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm worried about yourself. I'm good. Um, good. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for coming on here. and uh, you know sharing your stories with us. So, um, we we've talked in the past about you know, um, the, the possibility of paranormal and um, uh, we'll just start with psychedelics and um, like psilocybin and stuff like that that's able to change how your brain works. And that's why I asked you to come on this show. So why don't we, why don't we start with um, your, well, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> sure. Um... I guess uh, my history of drug use, I, you know, smoke weed, uh, started off smoking weed probably about 15, 16, late for my friend group. Um, by that point, I was interested in it more so just for the medical aspect of it, you know, what could it be like to be high and have all these great benefits to it. Um, finally, I, you know, had smoked with my friends and from there, my psychedelic experience began about a year two later, about a year later. Um, I had tried LSD for the first time, I think it was Christmas Eve of 2015 or 2016. Um, and I went into it honestly not knowing much about LSD. Um, it was kind of a lower point in my life, so I anticipated the worst and I expected the worst. Um, I guess I kept an open mind though because even if it was a bad trip and the sort of propaganda surrounding L like LSD and other psychedelics was true, I could die, you know, which would be alright at that point or I could have a really great time. So um, just immediately I realized, you know, uh, after taking this acid that I was in it, I was strapped in for the ride. Um, and just had a really, you know, great experience. It wasn't anything spiritual by any means or otherworldly at this point, though. Um, that wasn't until my second acid trip, which was about a week, week and a half later. Uh, I'd been advised not to take another dose uh, within a month sort of time frame um, just because of the tolerancy level and the other health effects it may have. <laughs> but I ended up taking two tabs. And this was on New Year's, and it was just uh, going into it. I was just excited and, and ready for 
I guess the roller coaster that it brought me. But I wasn't expecting at all to have the experience that I had. Um, you know, it just started off like any other trip, hanging out with some friends, smoke some weed, you know, um, the giggles. And you sort of look around and you're starting to notice, you know, the color change after about an hour. Um, and just like the hues of everything sort of changing. But, um, you know, once I started to climb up on my peak, I had been laying down on the floor. And one of my more experienced LSD users, uh, one, of, one of my friends who's a little bit more experienced, had, you know, sort of just like, you know, it's all right, man. You're still here. We're going to put on some music and... Uh, you know, hang out. And at that point, it was, I don't even recall too much um, besides the melting of my hands. I kept exclaiming to everyone that my hands were melting. And it was just a, like a, I guess, a step further than um, when your hands are asleep. And okay. just like a staticky feeling. But with the album that he was playing was Acid Rap. Chance the Rapper, so, and, you know, it's pretty fitting for the, for the experience. Um, I had just been suddenly, it was almost like a dreamlike state. It was pretty odd, and that, after the fact, it made me start to question a lot of things about my experience. Um, but from there, I had uh, pretty much been in a, a void of sorts, um, just witnessing what was in front of me. I wasn't there. I didn't exist necessarily in a physical form, but I was just viewing. Um, and there were just these beautiful like balls or orbs of light of different color that began dancing and like moving in all sorts of like magical ways that I haven't seen before. Um, you know, everything on acid already is like seeing the world for the first time as a child again, you know, it's just beautiful, everything's great. But beyond that, in this void-like environment, it was just mind-blowing. Um, just the, the way things were moving that were unlike anything I've ever seen here. Um, I'd say the closest thing to it would be those old 2000, you know, music player <laughs> visual effects, but it was even just a step further than that. Um, after about an hour, I had sort of snapped out of it, I suppose, or what felt like an hour, I guess. Um, I don't really know how long any of this was, um, just because everything just feels different on acid. It's uh, not only a speed in a sense, but also the psychedelic aspect of it has you has your you know train of thoughts just working differently. Um, but after I come out of this void, I you know really didn't think much of it and continued to have a movie of a New Year's Eve. It was just everything was perfect how everything had worked out. I actually call it like a an acid moment in sort like a in in a way, um, just like these weird things that occur or happen that just feel perfect and right and almost scripted in a way that connect in a way. Um, everything just had worked the way it should have. <laughs> I had previously had not a solid plan for the night. Um, I had a few up in the air sort of situations and they all ended up working out back to back just flawlessly without me having a license or a car 
or anything. It just worked out. Uh, also being on two tabs of acid, uh, but it just it just all worked out so beautifully. I didn't actually begin to think about it being, I guess, as like a spiritual in a way, in a sense, um, experience until pretty recently, within the past couple of years, actually. Um, but besides that, uh, psychedelic experiences are, in general, pretty spiritual. Um, I haven't experienced anything necessarily paranormal with it, but I guess that's where I'd start. It's just psychedelic history and abuse a little bit with it, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> I guess I recovered. I had a I had a great time. Learned a lot of lessons and got out of it. So you said that your your first trip was LSD. Yeah. And then your second one on New Year's would have been the the acid. Well, they're both the same thing, just different names. Okay. Um, LSD's lysergic, yeah, lysergic acid. Okay. Um, and I don't know the I don't know the other chemical makeup, so like the chemical name, the longer name or anything of it. But yeah, LSD, acid, tabs, um, a bunch of different street names for it. And both of those would be um, considered uh, a psychedelic. Psychedelics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what other forms of things are there? There's psychedelics. There's hallucinogens. Uh, psychedelics, hallucinogens, same same thing. I mean, okay. it's just a different class of drug. You know, there's depressants, alcohol. Um, you know, you have your uh, opiates and, you know, that whole thing. Your uppers, your amphetamine speeds. So those are all the same. You know, Adderall, cocaine, you know, other things like that. But uh, hallucinogenics, I definitely would say, are on a, a different level than most drugs. Um, just with the vastness of kinds and the history with them and them being around, uh, you know, ceremonies and them being the center of ceremonies and even whole, like, entire religions, like, in southern Mexico and even across the world, like, uh, in the... I thought it was in the... um, one of the first civilizations, they found evidence of mushroom use, or in one of the cave caves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely on a different level than most drugs. Yeah, for sure. So that that gives us a great start. I'm yeah. not on the ball here Sorry, tonight, man. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, you're good. I kind of just went off. Yeah, no, uh, that was great. That was a great start for this. Um, so back to, I, I want to go back to this, but then I, I know where we're going with this now. As far as um, when you said that you were seeing these orbs of light and stuff, was all this like you're seeing it in the room with you? It wasn't a room. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, was it, were your eyes open or was it internal? E- external, seeing them externally around you or internally like uh, are I, your eyes closed, kind of relaxed? I don't necessarily recall my eyes being closed or me going to sleep at any point in time. Um, you know, it's not something that you can normally fall asleep on just because of the pace of your thoughts and everything. Right, so, but I but mean, I like... I wouldn't say that I saw my body or I was in the room. It was one moment I was on the floor looking at my hands, and the next I was not. Okay, so... Mm, that's interesting. So then you're, you're... Basically, what I'm saying is, I, I think maybe I'm taking this a little bit too mundane. Like, if you're laying on the floor 
and your eyes are open, you're like, let's say you're, you're laying in somebody's living room when this happened. I, I don't know where you were and we don't have to talk about that. But um, when you're, you're laying on the floor, you look and you see a TV, you see a couch, you see your friends, and then you see these orbs. Or is all that gone? All of this is gone. I am completely removed from the entire environment that I was in. Gotcha. I was no longer a, a, a being. Gotcha. It wasn't, okay. I can look down and see my body. You know, I can see the glasses around my eyes even. It was, I am a, a viewer. I am a spectator of this magnificent show. It was just glorious um i love the the reference to the old uh the computer screen of the graphics yeah. and the music so i love that. yeah oh, <laughs> i knew exactly what you meant at Definitely. that point yeah. yeah that's like the closest thing you can get to it for, for the people listening you have the old uh like windows media player and you could put it on like the uh whatever mode and it would show you like circles or whatever yeah, that would play to the music audio. yeah yeah, it was yeah. Really crazy. that's definitely cool yeah whispers from the dark we'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsors Whew, that was quite the investigation tonight ethan yep sure was oh hey hey it's still early you gotta get home nope what do you uh, what do you say we stop out at the bean snappers gentlemen's club for a little while yeah i'm not arguing or insulting you so what do you think well that's a change for one <laughs> Doors open, I'm walking through it. <laughs> hey Keg, how's it going? Good, how are you guys doing? I'll go through the spiel even though you've been here before. Welcome to Bean Snappers. We're open Wednesday through Saturday, 5 to bar close. It's $10 to get in, it's a two drink minimum. No touching the girls. There's ghosts here again, so thanks for being here. <laughs> Support the performing arts at Bean Snappers Gentlemen's Club. Mackville, Wisconsin, Highway 47, all naked, all the time. You have things that are used in history, as far as like Native Americans and stuff like that, where they would have these ceremonies. Um, most famously, I would say, is like peyote or anawaska. And a lot of the, the tribal chiefs and stuff, would go down into like a cave or a burrow or their their um where all the the clans heads meet the um the shamans or whatever and they would go on these spirit journeys to find their spirit animal or whatever their their journey is or to become a shaman you know as part of that ritual and um so you have you have this usage of these um, psychedelics or hallucinogens or whatever throughout history. Now, I guess the, the bringing this all back to where we are with, with CAPS is, do you think that the stuff that they were experiencing is more of just in, in the mind or something? Or do you think that it actually helps to open a gateway to somewhere else. Yeah, I definitely um, would say it's uncertain. I'm uncertain. Uh, I've always been a very factual person, a very, I can see it, I know it's real. It's the end of story, logic-based. Um, since about sixth grade, I started questioning religion. Um, you know, I'd been raised Christian, and from there it was, well, well you know, this doesn't really add up. 
Um, but then with my psychedelic experiences, and even prior to starting drug use, I had begun reading about and learning about some, not necessarily pseudosciences, but you know, theories, I suppose, re regarding um, just vibrations and, you know, fucking, um, what is this, string theory. Mm. Regarding string theory yep. and just other conspiracy theories, I, I guess, just in general. Um, so I had stumbled upon, you know, astral projecting and crystals having certain vibrations and chakras and stuff like that. But quickly that had all been dismissed when, you know, I started tripping. And so I guess I sort of realized that there is more than what meets the eye. I couldn't explain it unless I were to, you know, maybe go back to one of those and become a psychonaut they call them people that just travel and explore psychedelics um terence mckenna he's a self-proclaimed psychonaut he spent his whole life you know tripping and trying to navigate the other side i guess there it's almost religion it's almost like a faith-based thing or based on personal experiences with it but um i'd say it's safe to say though with history with peyote use, with psilocybin use, with some of today's sort of uh, scenarios of new, like new drug usage, in, like in terms of DMT, like which is a synthesized man-made drug, um, can be found in nature. So I wouldn't say it's you know just man-made, but it can be synth. It's mostly synthesized by man. Um, having similar experiences though on the same substance you know not connected at all in any way um, with similar past at all but a lot of people having the exact same experiences on the same drug um, which that has led me to believe yeah you know I I could see that being the case I could see that being a sort of gateway into a, a different dimension or even, you know, if the soul is real, that could be how it escapes from this vessel of sorts in like a fourth dimension, perhaps. A lot of people on DMT who have done DMT, even some of my close friends, all describe, you know, once you take that third hit, you know, you take three hits when you smoke DMT. First hit feels about a thousand milligrams, of, or micrograms rather, of acid, and everything is just buzzing. Um, in the second hit, you really start to see things shake. And I've even told, or been told that they can see the molecules and everything's shaking and moving all around them. And sort of that paranoia hits like, damn, did I smoke too much? But uh, you know that, that third hit, they immediately feel like they're going through a membrane of some sort which I found to be very, very interesting that a lot of people have been, it's called the blast off for a reason. You know, a lot of people have the exact same experience with it, that it has a common name of a blast off, which is just um, very, very interesting, mind blowing for me. Cause that could, you know, you could speculate from that, that their soul or what is a human soul is leaving this vessel and traveling to a different, I guess, consciousness or a different spectating or a different per perception of things or being able to perceive things different. Just, oh, that's 
it's, it's the only part of me that I find spiritual in any way, is that, is the unknown, I guess. But Yeah, that's very interesting that if you have all these people doing the same, uh, the same drug or the same substance, and they're all experiencing the exact same set of scenarios. But I suppose that's, that's probably pretty common. You know, if you have a headache, and I have a headache, and we both take Tylenol or Aleve or whatever, we're both going to get rid of a, the headache. Sure, sure, you that know. makes sense. So if these these drugs are giving you the same um, experience, depending on the users and stuff like that, it could just be the fact that that's the drug. But then what is that drug doing that is, you know, the, the whole vibration of molecules and stuff like that? That is, you know, I don't, I don't really know that a lot of people realize that when you look at something, there's no such thing as a solid object. Yeah. It's all just... It's all very, very, very tiny molecules vibrating. Mm -hmm. And it's how fast or how slow these objects or these, these molecules, atoms, electrons, protons, neutrons are vibrating that is creating this, this solid liquid gas state. That even your hardest diamond is just a very, very slow moving molecules. Yeah. Group of molecules. It's crazy to think about the general population isn't very focused on any of these um, sort of just unspoken, you know, crazy science facts that mm -hmm. we've come to find out with hard science. Um, it's hard to say that it's not just the drug-induced experience that everyone experiences. Um, just because of its magnitude with, you know, I haven't personally done it, but I definitely want to. I definitely look up to it and respect it as like a powerful, powerful drug, greater than acid even, perhaps. Um, but yeah, no, I just, part of me wants to believe in that. And I don't know if that's just the human, you know, wanting for there to be something more and finding that comfort in death. But um, it's just peculiar, I guess, to me, that it's so vivid, so real. I guess I don't understand how the brain could produce that. Although the brain is, you know, pretty, substantial pretty crazy already it's I'm, i don't want to make assumptions here that that you know some some people that do drugs or, or this stuff and that are not the smartest people out there oh definitely definitely and there's a lot of stupid drug users <laughs> i'm assuming that the people that you've probably either talked to or read about are a little bit quicker than most people oh definitely but i would be interested to see like the average person or the less than average person, I guess, that's out there doing these drugs, if they experience the same situation and if they're seeing the, the vibration of these molecules, as you say, because, as we just said, not everyone understands that. Yeah. So if this is something that they're seeing as what's actually happening, they're experiencing something that is real and, um, you know, scientific to a point that they shouldn't know. Sure. Which is always something that I look for, like in any of my cases, when I do Bigfoot research, when I do paranormal with this, is there are certain things about like Bigfoot sightings that the average person who sees a Bigfoot cross the road doesn't know. And there are certain things that if they say, oh, I saw this, it had this, you, you, you start sort of to think, it, hmm, yeah. you've never seen one before, you're not into this, and you're telling me something that a hundred other people have told me. So when you're telling me that these, these people are seeing the vibrating molecules, you know, most people don't know what a molecule is, yeah. and therefore they're, they're saying this, that's, that's really interesting to, 
to think that you know this is putting that image into their head then. yeah I'm hoping with you know just psilocybin and other psychedelics like um, what is it ketamine I think has been used in trials and studies with uh, depression and PTSD I hope down the line you know part of me has a small hope that uh, more psychedelic research will be conducted um, you know, there's a couple theories saying that LSD was created to distract the population from war times in the 70s and eight, or the 80s and 90s, uh, 70s and 80s more so, yeah. <laughs> um, not the 90s as much. No, that was the crack. Lots epidemic. of wars in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, a, that was a crack epidemic there, but uh, uh, sort of distract them. But I mean, you know, with scientific research on it, and even scientific like publishings, or like government publishings rather, of their scientific studies. Um, I'm not too sure if you have seen the CIA released um, papers regarding astral projection and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like with the LSD studies and the mind control, a lot of stuff being redacted there. Um, as well as I think in Stargate, the last page, it just like cuts off like the last sentence of the last page and it's just not there. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff could be just hidden truths that would cause maybe mass panic. Um, something the government maybe feels the need to hide from us for whatever particular reason. That goes down a whole rabbit hole as to, you know, why, if they're the reptilians yeah. or if, uh, you know, the Anunnaki or whatever are, are you know, <laughs> keeping them in charge there. But Well, let's um, go back to the, the scientific of depression and stuff like that, because I actually am familiar with one of the research projects with that, where they were using, help me out here, I think it was like LSD or... I'm pretty sure it was psilocybin, mushrooms. Psilocybin, yep. Mushrooms. And they were using that as an injection, I thought, that either that or an edible, I can't remember offhand right now, but... um that basically rewired your brain. Yeah, so psychedelics do, they know now scientifically that they do allow your brain to be rewired in terms of uh, memory, in terms of, I believe, serotonin reproduction, um, and sort of get rid of all these bad pathways that you know cause certain PTSD experiences or whatever. Um, so let's explain like like this a little bit better for people like that aren't as familiar. Basically, when you when you have a thought process or a uh, a habit or a bad habit or PTSD, as you said, your brain basically uh, gets on the on ramp, goes down the highway, and gets off at the same exit over and over and over again, and it wears this highway <laughs> wears this highway down, and um, you're basically stuck every time you get on the highway. It's like driving to work. Your brain just automatically goes, okay, going to work today, we're going to go down PTSD highway and get off at this exit. Yeah. And what happens is that they found with these uh, substances and stuff that they've been testing is that people with depression, they can give these... Um, psychedelics. Psychedelics, yeah. yeah. yeah mushrooms or whatever. Um, give them to, and it changes that highway and basically creates an alternate route to work. So instead of getting on that same on-ramp, going down that same highway, now you're taking back roads that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. And basically, that is what they're using to rewire the whole brain so that you don't have this depression because you're not locked into those loops anymore. Exactly, exactly. I probably shouldn't, uh, I probably should do more research. I haven't, you know, 
well researched enough, I say, I should say. Um, but I will say that you are very well researched, like before you, you discredit yourself, because that's why I asked you to come on here and talk about this because of our other conversations. Sure. You know, sure. you do know quite a lot compared to like the average person that, you know, just sits down and you know, yeah. drugs, yeah. you know? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I mean, I haven't, um, I guess, looked into many of the recent studies in specifics by any means. Um, I feel like a lot of people, though, upon hearing that these trials are going on, a lot of just the average drug user would be like, oh, these dudes are tripping, you know, it fixes PTSD, you know, it solves that, it cures it, you know, it cures depression, bro, just trip, just, you know, go trip. I know enough, though, to say that these trials are not, by any means, I wouldn't think at least, um, a full-on psychedelic experience. But I have been, I've been aware, I guess, in the past of people microdosing and the benefits of microdosing, either acid or, or mushrooms, um, and the benefits to that. I haven't read any scientific studies or anything, by any means, um, on the actual positive outcomes of it. but. Um, I have dabbled into it just recently. I'm on about 0.3 of mushrooms right now um, because of my own battles with depression and mental health just in general, anxiety, you know, not as much PTSD as prior, but uh, you know, still a lot of mental things going on. Um, I've noticed, I suppose though, in the past week or two that I've been microdosing, um, you know, maybe 0.1 or 0.2 of mushrooms. Uh, don't know what even that equates to in psilocybin or psilocin when it breaks down and everything. That's the active component. Um, but I have been noticing some minor effects to mood and, and regulating that, which is really surprising. Um, even a couple of my roommates mentioned that I, you know, seemed real normal for the first time. Um, on my first experience doing it in quite a while, which was, I guess, looking back on it, it you know, that, that pretty much was the case. Um, wasn't very jumpy or squirrely, you know, all over with my thoughts or my, you know. Help you night. focus maybe a little. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, but yeah, just mood, mood stabilization and otherwise upbeat, you know. I don't know if this will lead me down a path, but I don't. Uh, I don't think it's any worse than some of the pharmaceuticals that are out there for treating the same thing. You know, and and when you you bring up a good point with that is you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of legal drugs that are prescribed by doctors that are just as addictive or more so than the stuff that we're talking about here. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's and the whole people people industry. have. Exactly, yeah, and, and, and people have the same, you know, problems with that. So why do you think that, well, this is going to be a two-part question for you. First of all, um, a lot of this stuff is illegal, and it's even illegal to experiment and test on in a controlled um, laboratory scientific research area. Okay, so... Why do you think it's illegal? And because it, is it illegal because it's dangerous? Because let, let's talk a little bit about like, like you were, you were talking about being worried about taking too much or whatever. 
what are the possible outcomes of taking uh, psilocybins or hallucinogens or any of that? Um, like if you take heroin, you end up dead in a bathroom or behind a dumpster yeah. or something. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so what, what's the worst that could happen and why do you think that it's illegal? Um, I guess the first thing is why do I think it's illegal? It's, you know, they're the two theories, I guess, that I am aware of but don't necessarily know for any certainty to be true. Um, the two sides of the coin are one, the first theory is that LSD was mass manufactured and released to the population to allow a hippie culture to develop to sort of distract from the war at that time. Um, the second though is that they realized once this uh, LSD had hit the streets and once they you know, had studied it and done some research on it that it was not good for the system. Um, it wasn't good for the population to be more aware or to go down this path that the government was aware of the ending, I suppose. Um, so they thought it best to keep it secret. I mean, with pot, fucking with weed, um, criminalization, you know, weed was once legal. They, you know, realized it was in medicine, but they realized it was associated, it was a racial thing um, associated with Mexicans and associated with African Americans. and. From there, it just became demonized. You know, the drug war, the war on drugs with Nixon, I think it was. Um, so I, I, I don't necessarily think there is a real danger to some of the more common ones. Sure, there's, there's hard psychedelics out there. I mean, with the, um, what was it, Mexican, one of the frogs or toads that they lick the poison out of. Or they don't lick the poison, they smoke the poison. Um, you can die. Yeah, you can die off that shit. There's people that have drowned while on it. There's people that have heart attacks um, or just heart failure from the intensity of it. You know, but they are hard psychedelics, I guess. Uh, it's a poison. It's a toad poison. Yeah, it's, it's a poisonous frog. Yeah, it's it's a poisonous, poisonous for a reason yeah, to stop people definitely. from eating it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But at the same time, you know, mushrooms uh, developed their psilocybin as a defense mechanism. A lot of drugs that humans use are derived from plants that have used them as a defense a mechanism. So it's, it's interesting to think about in sort of a drug aspect there. For mushrooms, I haven't heard anything in terms of deaths from overdose, but uh, possible side effects are the permatrip it's coined as, um, this, you know, the street term for it, I guess. I think there is a, a real diagnos diagnosis for it. Um, I can't recall what it is for the life of me, but um, pretty much just permanent visuals that occur or very long lasting after the intake of the drug, um, even when the trip has ended in extreme cases. Um, so then going what, back to our earlier topic on that, you know, if you're, if these things are rewiring your brain and allowing you to see possible other dimensions or other things that might be out there and you're talking about this perma trip is that maybe just now they're open to this stuff yeah so i and i really can't say for certain all of this is really speculation but um you know that could be the case it could be that when you do a certain dosage of the psychedelic that you're allowed to see or it opens up your brain into a certain mode of astral projection that isn't necessarily the best path, you know, with um, 
other religions and their forms of enlightenment through meditation and being able to experience that enlightenment, um, you know, that could possibly equate to being able to astral project or go to this other dimension or this afterlife or this something that's beyond our perception. Um, so, I, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I wouldn't question it if that were the case by any means. It would be interesting, though, to, like I said, more research needs to be done in, like, a real scientific study, but I feel like it will never happen just with the government's, you know, personally, I think it, it may be that the government is hiding this and, and criminalizing this not for the safety of the public, you know, just with their history with weed and, you know, the crack epidemic and now the opium epidemic. And Well, let's go back to what we were originally talking at the beginning about the ceremonies and, you know, the, the shamanic ceremonies sure. and Native Americans and stuff. If these guys were already doing this stuff and seeing these things going to the other astral plane and communicating with the other world or other beings even and then all of a sudden the government gets a hold of this and they start doing research on it let's let's assume here and hypothesize that if this was true and the government looked into it and found out that it was true wouldn't that be a reason why that they would cover it up because you know, I, I'm not really sure exactly what's. Well, let's let's go down the the conspiracy theory hole here, for a second. Um, Love to. If you have the government covering up UFOs and astral projection and um, uh, remote viewing and all these things that you can, you know, quotations do with your mind and expand your mind to be able to do these. If these drugs are allowing people to do that or communicate with other beings and stuff, this is a, um, like a dangerous, defensible thing, like as far as like the military goes, you know, like, you know, the men who stare at goats and stuff, you know, if, if you and I could communicate with the other side or aliens quotations or whatever these extra dimensional things are that supposedly you can communicate with when you're on these things um that's that's dangerous for the military oh that's dangerous for the government for the system in general um you know i just i just quick looked up the specific year but uh the earliest mushroom use was six thousand years ago in a cave in spain they speculate with cave drawings of certain psychedelic mushrooms that produce this psilocybin. Um, and that's just, that, that's a Terrence McKenna theory, I believe, actually, too, is that it was, it kind of makes up for, the, it's the, uh, what is it, the mushroom monkey theory or something, the magic mushroom monkey theory um, that says, essentially, to make up for the lack of explanation of the human brain develop, development throughout history, you know, the earlier form of human took these psychedelic mushrooms and then from there expanded to language and more creative ways of thinking and drawing and everything else. Um, it would definitely make sense with my beliefs in corruption in the government that they would definitely hide these 
mind altering, you know, awakening sort of substances. Like, like we're in the matrix, man. Like, uh, you know, they don't, they don't want a, a disobedient civilization, um, in terms of just in general. I mean, without even having to go to the point of psychedelics, they, they almost already have a mind control sort of hypnosis on the entire population, which is so disheartening, <laughs> uh, so sad. But uh, yeah, I definitely think that would be a real problem for them. In terms of the shamanism and the history with it, I, you know, before I really got into them, I knew a little bit um, into psychedelics in general. But even within the past year or two, I've you know, doing a little bit more reading here and there or watching videos or whatever about certain histories. But um, psychedelic mushrooms, I found out, were brought to the U.S. and North America and sort of out of these very rural, you know, areas in southern Mexico um, by a woman named, I think it was Ana Marie or somewhere, something like that, um, Maybe not Marie, but our, I think her name was Anna, our sister Anna or something. Um, her family had been using psychedelic mushrooms for religious experiences for years, um, through generations. Talk to God and, you know, get over whatever real human problems these family members may have been experiencing, either with alcoholism or other drug use or, um, you know, like you said, to become a shaman. With ayahuasca, they, you know, use it to treat PTSD and everything else similar to what we're doing now. But, you know, they've been doing it for so long, talking to God and having these religious experiences to, I guess, come to enlightenment, which is just insane. So basically what you're saying is, you know, like what we just said, they're, they've been using the same substances to rewire and, and treat illnesses yeah. back all the way back to that. Yeah. You know, um, I found it interesting what you'd said about, like, that the you know you're licking a frog and this frog has a poison to keep people from eating it and then you said that the mushrooms obviously have created this so are these these psychedelics actually a poison um i think technically they're not toxic um i don't actually know if i'm being honest with you if you think about caffeine you know oh yeah caffeine was you know made from the coffee bean or you know it's produced by a coffee bean and nicotine and tobacco as a defense mechanism to stop bugs from eating them. Um, when you get into some of these other drugs that are found in nature, you know, it, it's the same principle, I guess. You know, DMT, a different story, just because of its, I'm pretty sure it's found in a tree bark. So never mind, or a tree so bark or a tree like root. That, yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely it's called, the Egyptians called it the tree of life. Um, mm -hmm. I can't recall the scientific name of it though, but yeah, in their barker roots, you can extract. And ayahuasca is the Iowa roots of something yeah, as well. Yeah, ayahuasca. It's a, it's I believe a vine in um, South America, which is pretty cool. It's just crazy to think about these now. I don't know if you look at it in a spiritual sense, you could perhaps come to the conclusion that these. You know, if, if, if life were a video game, the end boss would leave you all these things to get to your, your main goal or whatever, you know, leave you all these clues and tips. I definitely think humanity is really off of its path, I guess, or its, its natural path in a sense, just because we 
you know, kind of took over the world. Yeah, way too much technology, technology and not as much and, uh, just go out and live. Yeah, know? it's definitely a money-based. I mean, again, we're getting into the conspiracy yeah. sort of the hole there, but they don't want us awake. <laughs> I, you know, part of me really, really believes that. I guess a big. They don't want us awake as we sit here and drink monsters, you know, yeah, and, and coffee yeah, and stuff. Right. Yeah. Stay tuned for part two of our interview with Nick next week on Whispers from the Dark. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to our YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also submit your sightings and encounters. And don't forget to check out our online store for t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you have had an encounter with something unexplained in or around Wisconsin, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com or to submit an anonymous report, visit our website and click Report Your Encounter on the main page.